Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Friends Who Like Stuff podcast, the podcast where we talk to friends about the stuff we like. I'm John. And I'm James. And each week we'll dive into a new topic or theme, whether it's movies, music, sports, video games, or whatever, and we'll share our thoughts, experiences, and insights. This week, we're talking about situation comedies. We also have a rotating third host joining us, bringing their own perspectives and adding to the conversation. This week, it is our dear friend who also likes stuff. It's Evan. Yay, Evan. <laughs> Welcome back, Evan. Glad to be back. We're glad you decided to come back after the first time. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So this week, we're talking about situation comedies or uh, sitcoms as they're known. And we all brought a question to talk about and just discuss. So the first question, I think, Evan, you brought this one, right? Yeah, I, uh, I'd i like to know what was the first sitcom that you became emotionally attached to, right? Not just simply the first one you saw or the first one you liked, the first one that you felt like this is something different. And I'm playing my own cards here because that's how I attach to TV shows. So, uh, but yeah, what, what's, the, what's the first sitcom that you came emotionally attached to? So whenever you whenever you said emotionally attached to, I wasn't exactly sure what direction to go in with that. But the way you just explained it is perfect. When I was a kid, there was a block uh, of shows on Friday nights called TGIF. Mm-hmm. And it, it was every Friday night and it was a huge deal. It was like the must-see TV at the time. Scratch that because must-see TV was its own thing, but it was must-watch television uh, at, at that time and one of the longest lasting shows in that block of TGIF was Family Matters and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure how emotionally attached I was to Family Matters but I was definitely attached and slightly obsessed um, and mainly just to the character that single-handedly kept the show on the air for years Steve Urkel because mm-hmm. I had a poster, I had a talking doll where you would pull the string on his back and he would have like eight things to say. Um, I dressed up as him for Halloween and I constantly went around saying, did I do that? And got any cheese? <laughs> uh, all the time annoying my, my friends and family. <laughs> that, um, that sounds so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't think of another show before that that I was that I was that obsessed with. Um, other than uh, some cartoons like the Ninja Turtles, but yeah, uh, Family Matters. I was all over that. Yeah, John, what about you? Uh, this this question was tough because because of that emotionally attached thing. Because there were some shows that I watched early on, like I remember watching Fresh Prince as as often as it came on. But I think this one came way later than that. But this one was the first one that I remember waiting in anticipation for the next show to come on and like planning my day around making sure that I was there whenever it was on and feeling a real connection to the characters. And like I said, this was way later than Fresh Prince, but this was Parks and Rec. Mm. Parks and Recreation. Way later. I know yeah. it. So I would have said The Office, except The Office, I I would watch like episodes at a time. It wasn't something that I was like planning my week around or anything like that. And I ended up not watching The Office for a long time. Like even before Steve Carell left, I was already like maybe season five. I was done watching it live at least. Parks and Rec never got that. I watched it live every single time. Yeah. So so I'm going to say Parks and Rec for the emotional attachment. Yeah, I think Fresh <laughs> Prince is a, a perfect example because that was one that like we watched 
Every time mm-hmm. it was on, we loved it. It was fun. It wasn't one I emotionally attached to, but the first one for me right. uh, was Boy Meets World. And mm, yeah, my, so I have an older brother that's almost six years older than me. So that's probably why, because I was like six or seven, eight. I think it was ten when the final episode. But that was the first show that I continued to watch, and like the first finale that really gut punched me. Mm-hmm. I felt like. These were my friends that I'm never going to see again. I don't know that streaming would have changed that, but maybe it would have. Because at the time, it's like, I don't know when they're going to show reruns of this. There's certainly going to be an opportunity. But like, I want to just start all over and, and enjoy it again. That was the first one that I, I, I don't want to, I hate when people overuse like anxious or depressed, but like truly devastated when that finale finished. Because I was like, these are my <laughs> people that I know in real life. And I don't, mm-hmm. uh, turns out. But uh, <laughs> Boy Meets World was the first one that I was hooked on and thought I knew these people. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of side side question from that. Have you listened to their podcast? So I've seen clips on Instagram and TikTok. I've never listened to it. Weirdly enough, a lot of those shows now are doing podcasts. Even uh-huh. Steven's. Uh, people are doing a podcast. The Boy Meets World folks are doing a podcast. Office folks are doing a podcast. There, there are ladies. two office office podcasts actually. Yeah. Right. Well, I think the Office ladies really started. Friends who like stuff. Friends who like stuff. After y'all <laughs> hit TV show, uh, and here you are on your podcast. We did film a sitcom opening. We did. Yeah. It's, it's there Scott somewhere. has it somewhere. Yeah. There's a song and everything. Josh wrote. Is there it. a laugh track? Uh, it was it was just the the title credits. Oh, oh, a theme song. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you didn't ask. My favorite title credit sequence <laughs> of all sitcom, I think, was Step by Step. When he drops that ice cream, it just gets me every time. <laughs> uh, and he takes his sister's ice cream. No, it wasn't his sister. It was his stepbrother. <laughs> his stepbrother. That's right. Uh, step by steps, one of my favorite uh, title sequences. Um, that was the first time uh, she's sick, I think, and uh, Dad's doing the chores around the house, and he's going to change the toilet paper, and she yells, "Make sure it goes over the front and not over the back." And that's how I learned that there's a right way to do toilet paper, step by step. <laughs> I learned that from King of the Hill, actually. Uh, I, Kate. Okay, I was late to King of the Hill, found it as an adult, mm-hmm. find it to be one of the funniest. I'm, I was late to the Mike Judge world, um, find it to be one of the funniest things ever. I'm not late to Mike Judge. I, I'm, an, I'm an early Mike Judger, but while King of the Hill was airing the first few seasons, I, I watched some and I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. Uh, later on, I loved it. And then after it was done, that's when I fell in love with it. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn. But one of the friends who likes stuff, uh, there's a group of people that refer to his dad as Hank Hill. And now I have trouble watching King of the Hill and not picturing <laughs> this man doing all those things. Yeah. And I think it makes it better. He 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 is totally Hank Hill. It's okay. Yeah. To, you're not speaking out of turn. Steve's a wonderful man. I do, and I just picture Steve saying and doing the things that Hank does, and it makes me giggle even more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. So talking about some of the sitcoms that you, you loved at the very beginning 
and thinking about what you also love now, how have your tastes changed over the years in for sitcoms? Has it, or has it changed? So it, it kind of boils down to two things, right? Growing up and sitcoms themselves also growing up. Because today's sitcoms are not the same as the sitcoms that I grew up with in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, or what my parents grew up with or whatever. Now, there are some throwbacks for sure, but for the most part, it's a completely different world. And so we just kind of grow into that together. But I will go back and still watch some of the stuff that I loved as a kid. I'm not sure if it's Mm -hmm. nostalgia or if Mm -hmm. I saw that fresh today, if I would enjoy it. So I really don't know how to answer that question because like, say, take Family Matters. I've rewatched it recently and I loved it. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that if I had never seen it before, that I would be able to just go through a whole watch through of it the way I can now, right? And so I was trying to discuss this a little bit with Amy, spitballing some stuff with her. And uh, she she was getting mad at me, I think, because <laughs> I felt like the, the old sitcoms were more naive feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, you would have your now a very special episode of Blossom. Right. Um, They would deal with serious issues in kind of a silly, cheesy way. And our sitcoms nowadays seem to be a little bit smarter and wittier in how they deal with them. But I I did sit down and enjoy Fuller House. Mm -hmm. And so I really don't know how to answer that question. That's just a bunch of verbal diarrhea there. (laughs) No, I I think. I think you're spot on, though. Like, there's a lot that I love that I loved as a kid. So I've recently been watching Home Improvement with my kids. Uh, they can't stand it. <laughs> they think it's the dumbest show ever. Interestingly enough, every Disney show, the parents are absolute morons. And they're not in Home Improvement. Tim Allen's a goofball, but he's not an idiot. And certainly Jill isn't. And so I do wonder if some of it is like that. But Jason Bateman said... Uh, Arrested Development, I think, is one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, But Jason Bateman said once in an interview, he said the thing when he was asked, you know, why why didn't it do well? Later it did. It ended up kind of having a resurgence and getting a bit of a cult following, but it didn't do well and it got canceled after a couple of seasons. But he said what we wouldn't do is wink at you. Like the old ones, whether it's a laugh track or breaking the fourth wall, it was like that was a joke. We're going to give you a second to laugh where Mm – some of the wittier, maybe smarter, not to be condescending, but smarter shows like Arrest Development, they don't wink at you. Like they move right on. And so, you know, I think certainly I enjoy, I've got a bit more of an appetite for that, but I'm also not 13. And, uh, you know, when I was 15, I raced home to watch Reba, the classic sitcom with uh, Reba McIntyre. Like definitely winked at you. Like it was not witty. It wasn't you know, highbrow, you know, but I was 13 and they weren't trying to be. And so I don't know if my taste changes as much as just I got older. Cause I think what James was saying, I don't know that I want to watch the new sitcoms that do wink at you, but I love watching the ones that I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's possible that it also has something to do with the difference in sitcoms that are like the three camera comedies versus the, sure. the single camera. Cam, yeah. I didn't even um, know that existed till another podcast I listened to. <laughs> Uh, with with uh, Mr. Shepard. Yep. That's always the podcast that you reference without reference. Almost exclusively, yeah. But yeah, uh, so your your traditional three-camera comedies are the ones that tend to be filmed in, in front of an audience, and so it, they kind of have to wink at you. Mm-hmm. 
but your single camera comedies feel a little bit more cinematic and they're able to just make the funny and go. Mm -hmm. So kind of a question off of that. Are there any sitcoms that you liked at the time that you don't like now? Hopefully the last question warmed you up for this one. No, I was uh, talking to my wife and we're driving around and we were talking about this question. Like I was trying to think of one that didn't age well. I've got nothing. But uh, according to TikTok, one of the things that people with anxiety do, which I do, is watch the same thing over and over again. And so I have five shows that I just watch over and over. I don't really love new things. There are shows that maybe shouldn't hold up. But in my head, I'm like, no, this is just as great as it's ever been. Uh, <laughs> the worst example was when I got very excited to show my wife Babes in Toyland on Netflix when we were in college, which I loved growing up. And I loved it that night and found out it's a terrible movie that nobody enjoyed. <laughs> but I just loved it. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, uh, comfort watching is a very real thing. And I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not quite to the extreme that you are. I do watch new things. I enjoy new things, but I will often find myself going back and watching something that I already know I love. And, and, uh, even, even whenever we have started a new show that we're into, I will go back and watch my old stuff and then forget what happened in this, this new show. And then we won't finish this new show. Mm -hmm. Um, right now I'm going back through scrubs and, oh, and love yeah. But I don't know if you'd even remember this show, but there is a show that at the time I, I enjoyed. And I think I enjoyed it because I watched it with my parents, but it was Caroline in the City. Hmm. And there's no reason for me to not like it anymore. It just I, I tried watching it a while back and was bored. I, I think I have an answer for this one because it, I watched uh, a sitcom in my early college years. And those early college years, usually as a guy, you're like free for the first time and you're kind of figuring out everything. But I, I used to love a show called Blue Mountain State. <laughs> and it is, I'm, I can't even call it a guilty pleasure anymore because I went back and tried to watch it like after college, like even before I was married and I just, I couldn't do it. But early in college, I thought it was the, the funniest thing ever. So that for me, that's something that did not age well. Probably if I had seen it any other time than like the very short time that that all was, that that was like a, a thought process of college, then right. yeah, that's about it. All right, James, your question. All right. So in, in your experiences, what are some of the most memorable moments in sitcoms? There's a couple, and they all, weirdly enough, I don't have daddy issues. I want to make clear. I love my dad, and he loves me. <laughs> but they're all kind of connected. As I, as I was thinking through this, the, the re and this was kind of an arc rather than, than a moment, but Shawn Michaels and Corey's dad, like the way he fathered him in the absence of a father, the same with Red and Hyde in that 70s show. Mm -hmm. But when I think of like moments, the two that stand out are Will Smith uh, yelling about his dad not being there, but he became a man anyways. And Marshall Erickson yelling at the sky when he gets the pocket dial from his dad at his dad's funeral. The moment from Lily telling Marshall that his dad died at the end of the episode. And then the entire next episode of the funeral 
is like some of the greatest, I don't know, sitcom time that I've ever had. Like being emotionally swayed by something. It wasn't positive. It was devastating. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Marshall and then culminating with Marshall finally going to check his phone. He had decided not to listen to the voicemail and then throughout the funeral hearing everybody's last words with his dad decides to and uh, finds out it's a pocket dial and he, he yells <laughs> at God and it is it is powerful yeah so that that is the moment that we share mm-hmm. um, and and for me specifically it is when Lily tells him yeah because I think so at the time it was devastating just because I love my dad mm-hmm. but then it actually gave me language to how I was feeling as I was losing my father. And I, I very much had my own, I'm not ready for this moment. And I can't watch that episode without just being destroyed. Um, I still love it. I think it's brilliant. And, and the, the entire episode with the hidden countdown is masterful. I love how much mother. Another super memorable moment that, that sticks with me. And I think about it at least once a year is from a sitcom that aired before I was born. I think it, it ended after I was uh, on this earth, but before I was able to recognize anything and it's mash. And oh. it is one of those comedies that would very easily fit in with today's because it is one that, that doesn't wink at you. It is one that is mm-hmm. very witty and clever and it has such a wonderful mix of comedic and poignant moments like a lot of the best shows today but the the finale that was a gut punch because uh, it's hawkeye dealing with some repressed trauma in a therapy session have you seen the have you seen mash at all i've seen mash but not the finale okay well i'm about to spoil it for you sorry oh no so he's dealing with some repressed trauma in in, in therapy session um after the end of the korean war and he, he's recalling a, a situation with his therapist about him being on a bus trying to get to some people to give him an IV or something. I don't, I don't exactly remember that situation, but he's on a bus and there's a Chinese patrol that stops him just to make sure that it's a legit bus or whatever. But at the back of the bus is a lady with a chicken and the chicken keeps clucking and it's loud and Hawkeye finally just turns to her and says, shut that chicken up. And then it goes back to the therapy session and the therapist is like, so what happened? And then he's just like, it it was silent. And he realizes that she killed the chicken and she smothered the chicken. And as the session goes on, he remembers that that was not a chicken, that that was her baby. And he's the one who told her to shut the baby up. And he starts freaking out about why did you make me remember this? And it's just an awful moment. Like, just, mm. holy crap, I can't believe you just showed that on TV. Because it shows her, um, after the fact, just kind of open up and the baby's in her hands and just limp. And I did not expect that from this sitcom that I've been watching to just beat me up with that. And, and anyway, I, so I think about the chicken was a baby all the time. Mm. One more moment to lighten it up a little bit because both of these (laughs) moments were very heavy and sad. But another moment that I think of all the time is another show from the 70s that I actually watched when I was young. Um, It it was Taxi. Mm -hmm. And Christopher Lloyd's character, Reverend Jim, kind of this drunk, homeless, not really a preacher. I don't remember why they call him Reverend Jim. Anyway, he's a fantastic character. But he was taking a test 
to become a driver. And so he's sitting there and one of the other drivers is, is sitting there waiting on him because he's his ride. And he just looks over and like, hey, what does the yellow light mean? <laughs> Slow down. Okay. What does a yellow light mean? <laughs> Slow down. Okay. What does... Just that whole sequence just had me rolling on the floor. And I think about airplane that all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of. I mean, it's not that Every joke in airplane. But yeah. that, is, that is an airplane joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all's moments were a lot uh, deeper and more profound than mine is. But... One that I I probably quote it at least once a month is parkour parkour. (laughs) (laughs) While I just like jump over something random, parkour parkour. And so that was my most memorable moment. I have some random moments from like Boy Meets World and like even Stevens that I just every once in a while I'll just bust out. We went to the moon in 1969 and don't know why. It's just Mm kind of random, but um. Right. Like there's those random ones, but the one that sticks with me has got to be that one. Would you rather be able to pause time or rewind time? A pause button or a rewind button? So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pause button. I I like to eventize things, and so. Um, all day in my head, all the way from like how my wife's going to respond when she gets home on a Friday. Like I clean the kitchen on my day off. She's going to come. She's going to be so blown away. And here's all the things she's going to say. But like, even we're going to a concert Friday night. Like I have a fantasy in my head of this is going to be the greatest night of my life every time. And uh, that's both a detriment to the people around me because it's a lot of pressure, but also it does make it where I like, there are times I'm like, it is, this is actually the greatest night of my life because I expect it to be. And I wanted it to be. And I often think like, if I could just pause this feeling for just a second, but I I have really no interest in going backwards. Like I'm sad. My kids aren't babies anymore. I don't want to do it again. (laughs) Like I have some sentimental, like, Oh my gosh, my oldest is going to be in middle school soon. I don't want to do kindergarten over again i just want to feel the weight of like this thing is going fast and and you better look around every once in a while you just might miss it so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go pause button i i like the idea like of, of just sitting in things and going man this is good and i don't need a picture of it, it drives my wife nuts like i never <laughs> think like i want a picture of this thing so that i can remember i just i want it in my head because i want to punch it up and i want to make this thing bigger than it was play a game with me would you All right, so for this week's game, we are going to go back to an older one that we did whenever we had Jeff on and we were talking about bands. I've got 20 sitcoms and I am going to start naming some characters in the sitcom. But as soon as you know the sitcom, buzz in and you're going to get points based on how many names I've already listed off. So if you get it on the first name, you're going to get four points. Uh, three points on the second name, two points on the third name, one point on the fourth name. Make a sense? I like it. Evan, not to give you uh, any, put any pressure on your shoulders or anything, but I think I've lost 12 in a row now. 12 games in a row. So <laughs> Sweet. Uh, We've done 26 episodes. You've lost that many. 
<laughs> no, there were I there was one that I won. Technically it wasn't a game. It was the peeps <laughs> one. Or no, not the peeps one, the candy hearts one. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one. It was a Valentine's Day. Okay. Uh, some of these are gonna be incredibly easy, and that's why it's important to be fast on the buzzer. But I assume that every single time. So yeah, I remember that from the uh Joey episode. <laughs> I think they were O for however many you passed. <laughs> Maybe so. All right. So there's the first one. Elliot. Carla. Turk. Evan, what is it? Scrubs. I was really confident on Elliot and then I got nervous. It is Scrubs. All right. Number two. Fred. Ricky, hey, you got it on the first one before I got to Ricky. Yeah. What do you, what do you say, John? I, I love Lucy. It is I love Lucy. Yeah. John. My mom would be very disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> Mulcahy. Klinger. Radar. John. Mash. It is Mash for two points. Mm-hmm. Thing. Lurch. John. Is this Monsters? No. Oh. Morticia. Oh, dang it. Evan. The Adams Family? It is the Adams Family. Oh, thank dang it. For two points before I got to Gomez. I should know that. That's a, It's having a renaissance right now with Wednesday. People are loving that show, but again, I don't want to start a new show. Meredith. Daryl. Oh, Evan. The Office. Yes, and I'm going to give it to you because you buzzed in before I said Daryl. I did. I buzzed in after just in case it was Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Winston, Evan. New girl. New girl. Uh, Daisy. Ellie Mae. Jethro. Evan. The Beverly Hillbillies. Ooh, I cannot talk. The Beverly, the Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillies. For two points. The last one was going to be Jed. Eddie. Carl. Laura. Steve. Evan. The Steve Harvey Show? It is not the Steve Harvey Show. I'm oh. sorry. John. Is it Family Matters? It is Family Matters. Oh, Eddie, Carl, sure. Laura Winslow. Of and course. Steve Urkel. Al. Evan. Home Improvement? It is Home Improvement. You've got, uh, this is your fourth four-pointer. Dang it. Thank you. Thank you. Floyd. Barney. Andy. John. The Andy Griffith Show? It is the Andy Griffith Show. Monica. John. Friends. Your first four. No, no. This is your second four pointer. Michael. Evan. I was going to say the office, but we've already done the office. Uh, um, I lose my points. You don't lose points. You just don't get them. Uh, John. Oh, yeah. I I did it by accident. (laughs) I lose my points too. There you go. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm just going to say these off. Uh, Neither one of you get points, but Michael. Lindsay, Buster, 
Job. Oh, yeah. It's Arrested Development. Um, Charlie. D. Uh, Evan, you, you got in before I said D. Always Sunny. It is Always Sunny. Howard. Penny. Evan, that's going to be you. A Big Bang Theory. Jeff. Shirley. Annie. Troy. John. Community. It is community. That was one I, everybody loved so much. Before, and I was like, I should give it a try. And I thought, I'm never going to catch up to everybody. And they already moved on, so I never watched it. Oh, I never moved on. But it was one that I actually, that is one of the few shows that I watched from day one and stuck mm-hmm. with the entire time. It's a real cult following. Mm-hmm. Six, Six seasons in a movie. movie. the office was right before it that's all I remember about it Ben and John Parks and Rec it is yay Cosmo Evan the Jetsons no John Fairly Odd Parents no Okay, I was going to say Fairly Odd Parents, and I was like, surely it's not Fairly Odd Parents. I had to make up something else. I just had to guess. (laughs) So it's Cosmo, George, Elaine, and Jerry. Uh, I went with his first name instead of Kramer. Yep. Jesse. Joey. Evan. Full house. It is full house for three points. Sophia. John. Is this Modern Family? Nope. Okay. Dorothy. Blanche. It is the Golden Girls. It is. Last one. Jesse. Lisa. Zach. Okay, Evan. Say by the bill. It is. And I think you got it before I said Zach. Nice. That was a fun. I like. I like the. Uh, it was fun. That was good. Decreasing in difficulty. That was the first one that I kind of felt a little bit confident on. One of the most endearing tropes in TV is the local hangout, uh, which is a recurring set uh, where the characters spend a lot of their time, and usually it is outside of the home or the workplace. But there are certainly some notable exceptions. And the best places, the best hangouts are the places that make you wish you were there too. And so that is what our top five is this week. The best fictional hangouts. We're not limiting them to just sitcoms just or even just on TV. The only qualifier we have is that they're fictional or at least fictionalized. Evan, why don't you start us off? Number five. All right, so my first one was always a party. We've mentioned it a couple of times in this episode, but it is The Max. Do either of you know where The Max is from? Of course I do. Yes. Say by the Bell. The Say yeah. by the Bell restaurant and place for every party they ever had uh, was at The Max. So The Max is my first one. I want to just be with friends all the time. So you just walk in whenever you want and get a little milkshake and hang out with buddies. It's my dream. My number five is Pizza Planet. Pizza Planet. I can dig it. 
it looks like it is the most fun. Like all the games, all the excitement, all the pizza and space <laughs> themes. So there you go. I can dig it. So uh, speaking of space, I, I struggled with my number five because it came down to one of two places. Either Quark's Bar and Grill on the Deep Space Nine or 10 Forward on the Enterprise D. Uh, I eventually landed on 10 Forward, which is the lounge on the Enterprise uh, in, in the next generation. Yeah, see, I've never seen Star Wars, so I don't get it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that joke never gets old. <laughs> uh, so I'm not much of a bar person, right? But I, but I do enjoy, uh, you know, a table with friends at a quiet pub or lounge and 10 forward fits this bill better than quarks on the deep space nine. And plus Guinan, the, the proprietor of 10 forward has more scruples than quirk. And I don't have to be afraid of, of being scammed or yelled at, but really if I'm being perfectly honest, the main reason that I would choose either of these two places over other similar establishments is they're in freaking space. Mm-hmm. And in 10 Forward, if I'm lucky, I would be able to possibly see Riker play the trombone or even hear a fake Picard sing Heart of Oak. And that would just be lovely. It would be lovely. <laughs> Number four. Okay, so uh, you mentioned not being into bars. That was actually one of my criteria. So my second one, another young person's hangout. Chubbies from Boy Meets World. <laughs> okay. Fun fact about Chubbies, if you watch the beginning of Boy Meets World, the first time you go, you have to know the secret password in order for Chubby to make your meal. Uh, but Chubbies, it was just all teenagers, all your friends, occasionally a teacher, but not too often, but just a good, fun place for teenagers to hang out unaccompanied. And uh, when I was in high school, I would have loved that. So very similar to the Max. Yes, very similar. Just a uh, little little dingier, not as many bright colors and a lot more wood. But uh, yeah, similar vibe. I think my number four, I'm going to go with Central Perk because since marrying my wife, I have come to appreciate coffee shops more. Just the atmosphere, like just getting a drink and being able to just kind of hang out and chill without, you know, needing to be very active or even needing to talk a lot. And so I've come to appreciate a good, cozy, friendly atmosphere of a coffee shop. So for my number four, we we love breakfast. Amy and I have a standing breakfast date every weekend. And back in college, my friends and I spent so much time at the kettle, uh, which is, is kind of a smokier, greasier discount IHOP. So I really felt like I needed to include a greasy spoon on my list. There were several to choose from, but I ended up going with JJ's Diner from Parks and Rec mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. know that they have great waffles and we know mm-hmm. that they will give you a pile of bacon. Yep. And any place that both Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson can love, that's good enough for me. Number three. Uh, my number three, again, similar in vibe to my f- or like my four and five. The reason it goes at three instead of lower is because they're standing. But Hank Hill's Alley. Okay. The idea of just nonsense conversations with my friends. 
my favorite one, I don't do voices, and I, I try to quote this as often as I can, is uh, I can show you how to make a bomb if you just give me a roll of toilet paper and a stick of dynamite. Uh, and I, I love that. That's a good, that's a good line. And so, yeah, um, if they got to sit, it would have been higher, but Hank Hill's alley. I can really dig it. There's one place, um, that I can think that the people know how to relax and how to eat and drink and be merry. And that is the Shire. Mm. So the Shire (laughs) is my number three. I mean, hobbits know how to do it. So my favorite food in the world is a good hamburger Uh, from from the greasy flat top diner style burgers to the more creative gourmet style offerings. I just love burgers. And by all accounts, Bob makes a tasty burger that seems to fit in both of those categories. And so I'm going animated also and uh, going with with Bob's burgers. I would try almost every burger of the day that he has listed on there. They, they all make me laugh and all sound pretty good. Most of them, mm-hmm. the staff would make me giggle. Sometimes there's even a show. And again, back in college, if we weren't hanging out at the kettle, there was a really good chance that we were hanging out at Bill's jumbo burger. It's not as creative as Bob's, um, but it is certainly just as greasy. And I have a ton of fond memories of that place. And the shenanigans that we got into, like uh, there was one time my buddy Tyler, he uh, he hid behind the Galaga machine just to scare a little girl when she came out of the bathroom. He didn't know her, but that didn't stop him. And really, she deserved it because as she was coming around the corner to go to the bathroom, she stuck her tongue out at him. And so it was fair game, right? That's um, right. But I could see myself not being Teddy, but hanging out often at Bob's Burgers with my buddies yeah yeah love bob's burgers i've been trying to uh, win people over to bob's burgers that think they don't like adult animation i've won a few but not as many as i would like number two my my next one comes with a caveat because this space is used both in a way that i find to be my dream scenario and in one that's um ethically um maybe a little bit nefarious. So not the circle, but Eric Foreman's basement. The amount (laughs) of joy and silliness and seriousness and romance and all like all the facets of life happen in that basement. They like punch each other and they laugh and they cry together and they they're best friends and they hate each other all in that basement. I love Eric Foreman's basement. Uh, not the circle. I'm going to be very clear here. <laughs> the couch and the TV. Big fan of Eric Foreman's basement. Rock on. Uh, that's funny. For my number two, there are two places that were like neck and neck. And the, the winner won't be number one. And so the, the winner's just getting knocked out. So I'm going to tell you what both of those are, but tell you which one won. For this, it was either Fortress of Solitude or the Bat Cave. It makes sense why one would get knocked out. Yeah, they they both kind of occupy the same spot. They both are areas where you can do some training, kind of get away a little bit if you need to, but also you can kind of hone your craft of being a superhero or whatever. I ended up choosing the Batcave because it's a lot easier to get to than the Fortress of Solitude. I don't want to have to fly all the way <laughs> to the Arctic to be able to access it. And so the Batcave wins 
for my number two hangout spot. So what would you do in the bat cave to just hang out and chill? You just, you just, you, you just hang out. You read a book, good book. You know that there is a couch or a futon in the bat cave. Like there's gotta be. Where does he crash? He crashes in the Batcave. He crashes in his million dollar bed. But what about those nights that he can't even take off the costume? You know, there's a futon in there for sure. You know, I bet that costume really stinks if he sleeps in it. And there's probably a mean cappuccino machine too to get that that caffeine after a late night of crime fighting. Probably so. (laughs) Speaking of caffeine, uh, if you haven't noticed a pattern in my choices yet, These are places that I would like to hang out because they remind me of places in which I already like to hang out, Mm. with the exception of space. (laughs) So not only do Amy and I love breakfast, but we also love coffee. I thought you were going to say sushi, but go ahead. Oh, we do love sushi. We don't really have a spot here uh, in town that we just go and chill at all the time. And it's mostly because it's not really something that most of our friends are into. But when we travel, we like to find special little spots. And one such spot that I would love to hang out in is in one of the most celebrated and award-winning sitcoms. And one of my favorite shows ever. It's a show that starts with F. The hangout is two words, the first of which starts with C. Of course, it's Cafe Nervosa from Frasier. Uh the small little lively coffee joint in Seattle, which is the epicenter of the American coffee shop takeover. Uh, I, I love the, the ambiance of Nervosa. Uh, and there's clearly not a better spot in Seattle because when circumstances make Frazier look for another one, he can't find a suitable replacement and returns to Nervosa. But yeah, every, every scene that he and Niles or Roz or whoever just sitting there enjoying their coffee and chatting. I wish I was there. That's that's my vibe. Number one. So for my last one, this is not a fan or this is a fantasy of mine. It is not somewhere that reflects somewhere I've been before because it is by its very nature fantastical. And that is the Gryffindor common room. Uh, one, all of Hogwarts just blows my mind. The world she made is just awesome. But specifically, the common rooms. The fact that you need a password to get in. The fact that it's um, both your dormitory, but also this like cool lounge area that doesn't seem to be big, but also can house all of Gryffindor at once. Like after Quidditch matches, they're all in there <laughs> at the same time. Um, I often think like, how do they always have the chairs by the fireplace? Because there's just so many kids, but they do. But it's their refuge. Whenever they're in trouble, they're like, all we got to do, if we can get back to the picture of the fat lady, we're safe. Hmm. I love the Gryffindor common room. Mine um, is, I would say it's a similar feel in a different city called Hogsmeade. <laughs> Where you can get a nice butter beer. Yeah. And uh, that is the three broomsticks with Madame Ro- Rosemerta. Um, it is described as um, kind of a well-beaten uh, hangout spot of students and other uh, faculty and just everybody hangs out there. 
they all love the barkeep or the the I don't I don't think she's a barkeep. She's a I don't know what remember what they call her exactly, but she's friendly. Everybody loves her. Um and they serve good food and drinks. So I'm sticking with the three broomsticks, although Gryffindor common room, like I knew I had to get a Harry Potter one in here. Sure. And so I went with three broomsticks as a as that. But definitely the Gryffindor common room, especially when Fred and George were there, because they would absolutely <clears throat> liven up the party and provide all the entertainment you'd ever need. That's right. Okay, so my number one fictional hangout spot it is the Foreman Basement <laughs> from that 70s show. My absolute favorite thing to do with my friends, quite literally, is to just sit around and talk about mm -hmm. whatever. Maybe watch something, maybe play something, maybe listen to music, but just sitting around and shooting the bull with my buddies is the best. Throw out the spinning camera weed sessions, and I can think of a little better. In fact, my dream home has a basement. Its only purpose is to hang with my friends. It'll certainly be more modern than the foreman's, but the vibe is the same, yeah. at least in my head. And so my number one fictional hangout spot is the foreman's basement. So good choice, Evan. It's a good one. Uh, so I did have the central perk on my honorables. I also had the max um, cheers. It's hard to, to not think about that. I'm really surprised, Evan, that you didn't say McLaren's, but maybe it's because you know, that's really not your scene. Yeah. Most of the truly awesome moments in how much mother weren't at the, the pub. Right. They were in the apartment. Um, Monk's cafe from Seinfeld was also on my honorables. So I, that's I when you were talking about uh, greasy breakfast. That's where I thought you were going. Yeah. <laughs> And then I also had a uh, Dunder Mifflin warehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they have basketball. They have, they do soccer. That's, I guess soccer was kind of more in the parking lot, but it was behind the warehouse. They do ping pong, all the games. They have all the fun down at the warehouse. Thanks for joining us, Evan. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, can't wait for next time. It's always a great time having you here, Evan. I'm so glad you are part of the friends who like stuff now and that James brought you into the fold. Yeah, it's an honor and uh, <laughs> my pleasure to be here again. <laughs> All right. Did you like that, James? I did. Are you happy now? No. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and listening to our discussion about sitcoms. We hope you enjoyed hearing our opinions and insights and maybe even discovered a little something new to check out. Don't forget to follow us on our socials on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to let us know what you think. And uh, also we stream on Twitch every Thursday. You can email us at fwlspod at gmail.com. Yeah. Send those emails. Keep them coming. We are absolutely just the inbox is crashing and we love it. Join us next time as we dive into a new topic with another rotating third host. And until then, keep exploring and enjoying the stuff you're passionate about. Thanks for being a friend who likes stuff. That was the best one. You've never done it that nicely.
Sorry, I muted myself so I could toot. Got any cheese? That was a chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> you can cut. That's okay. There was a long pause. You can cut everything that was after that. Yeah, we're bonding. <laughs> It'll make the rest of the episode even it, better. Exactly. This is right. good. Good conversation. We had. Hello. Hey, hey, Josh. You were on uh, the air with the friends who like stuff. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, could you help us out with something? Uh, we cannot remember the would you rather question f- from your episode. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it wasn't. We started off with a, a would you rather have a pause button or a rewind button? That's there you it. go. Okay. Thank yeah, you. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, you so it. very much. All right. I'm going to leave you alone now. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Bye. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.